Hey guys, today we are talking to Lynn Raritan. It's gonna be a great episode, so come along with us and leave us some comments in the video below if you have questions. We'd love to answer those for the next time. So this is like our little handout that we put out and it covers everything from our lubes to, you know, how to wear a cock ring to uh, no surprise anal, Kegels. <laughs> yeah. I brought you a couple of really awesome lube samples that we've got. Uber Lube is my personal favorite. That's oh. a silicone based lube. Okay. So, and we can open that up. And then, yeah. of course, we've got our fabulous pure backdoor fun. Yes. And then a vibrating cock ring. Wow. You yeah. hooked me up. I'm hooking you up. I did bring one more thing. I can't give it to you because it's my demo. Okay. You know, who like walk in and pull. <laughs> well, I'm excited for a new cock ring. Yeah. I just got into those this last year. So. That one is a vibrating <laughs> one, and I like it. It's silicone, and I hope I put this in my purse. I did. How many people walk in with a vibrating prostate stimulator? Wow. But there it is. So, and it's remote controlled, it's solid silicone, completely contained, submersible. It's awesome. Wow. It's from a company we really like, Spockham. So, well, cool. Totally. Well, to get started, I'm going to have you introduce yourself to okay. our audience okay. and kind of give a little bit of backstory of who you are okay. and what we're here to talk about today. Great. Cool. What are we here to talk about Really today? anything. Just so, anything? Yeah. So I, I really wanted to get into, obviously, your experience being in Austin, mm -hmm. maybe just touching on how Austin has changed oh, yeah. since the 80s. Oh, yeah. And then your experience working in, you know, sex toys. This yeah. This is definitely a topic that... I've always kind of shied away from thinking okay. that maybe it was not for me, but right. I was wrong. Yeah. I've only just kind of dipped my toe in recently, so kind right. of eager to learn what you um, can do. That's kind of, so fun that me. you mentioned that, dipping your toe, because that's, <laughs> one of the, that's one of the analogies we use. We use it for everything, predominantly for BDSM. For sure. For um, because sure. a lot of people are like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one toe oh, at a time. Oh, <laughs> what is that? And we're like, you know what? That It's, it's all like an ocean. It's how far do you want to wade in? Yeah. If you want to put your toe in, we can help put put your toe in. If you want to go up to your neck, we'll help you get up to your neck. You know. So. Yeah. I also definitely <laughs> want to talk about your experience with the drag community. Absolutely, I'm, I'm and a huge fan of drag. So well, it's interesting because not we don't we interface more with the burlesque community because sure. that's my background. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right, but they overlap. But they completely overlap. Exactly. And exactly. it's like we have uh, got a couple, we've got a, a drag number or two. We, it's like a drag burlesque yeah. uh, numbers that are going to be, you know, at the festival. So there's uh, an amazing crossover there. We'll definitely yeah. touch on that then. Yeah. Cool. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to tell us a little bit about who you are. And um, so my name is Lynn Reardon, and I am the owner, along with my sister Jerry, of Forbidden Fruit. We are Austin's sex-positive pioneers, and we've been helping to keep it kinky since 1981. Uh, and that's when Forbidden Fruit was founded. It was actually founded by a friend of mine in the punk rock scene. His name is Mark Garfinkel. Sorry, Mark, I just outed you. Uh, <laughs> he's an attorney in Virginia now. Um, but anyway, I knew Mark from the punk rock scene, yeah. and I was actually working working up on the drag. Uh, I'm not sure what it is now, but it was the old Varsity Theater, which was our art house cinema. And uh, the owner and manager uh, knew that I was a punk and knew the guy who opened Forbidden Fruit, and we were showing a film called The Fruits of Passion. So he's like, Lynn, go down there and talk to your buddy and see if they'll do a cross promo. So I did. And Mark was like, oh, my God, Lynn, I had no idea you cleaned up so well. And what a great presentation. And you need to come work for me. You don't really have a spot in the store right now, because at that point in time, the store was open from like noon to five, <laughs> you know, like Thursday through 
you know, Sunday. I think on the weekends they stayed open till nine. But he's like, but I'm starting this new concept in Austin. It's called the home party cell. (laughs) So he was a true pioneer. Not only did he like come in and start this business, uh, which its primary goal was at that point in time to provide another outlet uh, for people who didn't want to have to go into a porn palace to explore options in the intimacy enhancement market. But he also realized uh, people, predominantly women at that point in time, wanted uh, this stuff brought to their homes. So, you know, you know about all those other businesses out there that you've probably <laughs> heard about who I will not promote. But basically, we started that concept here in Austin wow. in 1982. And so that's how I got started. And then when I graduated from UT, yes, Hickam, uh, <laughs> class of 83, I have a BFA in dance wow. from the University of Texas. So <laughs> it was it crazy, right? But it's so wonderful because um, a gentleman, a dear friend of mine, Gene Minger, who was our t- artistic director for the dance company I was with, Dee McCandless and the Invisible Ink Dance Company. Uh, Mark came to me because he knew he was about to get his law degree and he wanted to leave and go back East Coast, which is where he's from. And I was really torn because I was like, I want to be a professional dancer. I want to be a dancer and a choreographer and all that. And um, Gene, at that point in time, he's like, Lynn, you need to buy this store. It'll finance your dance habit. <laughs> and he was absolutely right. So I did. I purchased the store from Mark in 1987. And I've just kind of taken it forward to build. I'm building more upon us being a community resource. That's where I see us. Yes, of course, we're a retail and a commercial establishment. But uh, at the end of the day, we're also there to give people as much information as we can so they can make a really good, positive, informed decision about what it is they want, need, or are looking for. So, yeah, in addition to that, I was... Um, Adjunct faculty at Austin Community College for 25 years. Mm. Yeah, I taught dance and, uh, you know, movement. And, of course, I had to teach aerobics and yoga and all sorts of stuff. But I got to use my um, dance background in that. But, consequently, I'm a teacher at heart. Uh, When I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a teacher. So (laughs) I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to be a dancer. And guess what? I got to do both. There you go. So, yeah. So it was great. So, But it was because of my background in education, uh, we also started doing workshops, sex positive, uh, you know, obviously adult-themed workshops, uh, which we started in 1995, and we still do to this day. Incredible. Yeah. So a question I have is um, something that I get asked by people all the time because I often say I'm sex positive, and everyone kind of has their own, I think, definition or what that means to them. So how would you sort of describe what sex positive means to you and when you're educating people in the community? What does that mean when you try to explain I'm you know, sex positive or we're sex positive? It's the positive way of saying I would rather say sex positive than shame-free. Yes. Right. So shame is the word that, you know, uh, comes to a lot of people's mind or their thoughts or their feelings when they're thinking about sex or even their own sexuality. Absolutely. And so for us, being sex positive is creating an open honest, comfortable, safe, welcoming, shame-free environment for people to come in and ask those questions. Anything that's related to um, people exploring their sensuality as well as their sexuality and their um, 
you know, ways to enhance their uh, intimacy and their intimate enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, too, including myself, never really um, thought about how much exploring your sexuality with your partner can do for your relationship. You know, the the problem often for me is that I'm usually pretty easily... Um, entertained it doesn't take much <laughs> for me you know i'm pretty vanilla and so that's not always the case for the person that you're with right and you don't also realize what else you like if you don't try it so that's kind of what phase i'm in right now is like what toys should we try together and mm -hmm. and you know kind of figuring out what things we want to explore i still get a little bit nervous and a little shame from my just conservative upbringing growing Absolutely. up in the south even when i walk in the sex store which is so funny because if you saw my persona on instagram it's like me shirtless everywhere you think <laughs> i'm this like crazy sexual person and i even say sex positive on my you know bio or whatever right um but really it's about breaking stigma and breaking shame and even a <laughs> constant process that I'm working on every day is like trying to remove that shame that's been plastered to my brain. Yeah. So I'm sure you get people coming in saying things like, well, I don't know where to begin or is this even for me? Can you help me? So how does that typically go for you when someone walks in and they're like, I've never been to a store like this before. What do I do? You know, I mean, it's, uh, I'm glad you bring that up because, um, people have an idea of like the kind of people that actually come into, you know, um, a shop like ours. And I like to tell people, like, not just anybody shops here, everybody shops here. I have had clergy come in <laughs> yeah. who are looking to get information that they can share their, you know, their forward minded day because I've got uh, clergy who are maybe they're doing, you know, like um, couples counseling and stuff. And yeah. so they're looking for any tool they can put in their bag to help couples you know, stay together, right. maintain that level of commitment. And so we get all kinds of people in there, every age, every um, orientation, every ethnicity, every identity, every socio, uh, you know, economic background. And, uh, but to this day, even though we know that steps are being made to really destigmatize right. and make this a much more, you know, um, open conversation that people can have there's still so many people out there who it's a struggle yeah i mean it takes everything they've got just to walk through the door and we kind of tell who those people are <laughs> uh just because if there are other people in the store they will not they hover yeah they they're just kind of around and we greet everybody that comes through the door and hi you know if you're looking for something special let us know you know we're here to help and they literally they will wait until the store empties and then it's okay so here's <laughs> what's going on right. i'm here of my own volition or i had a friend recommend this or i had i read something or i saw something and so our job really is to read the people that come in and then try and uh, create the space that they need to engage with the product and with us on a level that's comfortable for them. So that's really just what we try to do. We try to be there. And then there's the series of questions, you know, that you have to ask because some people are like, I just, you know, want to, you know, know about it all. But then there right. are people who come in and they're very curious about um, specific types of play. Maybe right. they're curious about BDSM. Maybe they're curious about um, anal play. Right. I mean, which is... I've got to tell you, <laughs> this is a huge new market for, sure. for hetero <laughs> and homosexual, you know, uh, 
people wrongly believe that all homosexual males engage, right. um, you know, in some f- form of um, anal intercourse, and that's just not the case. True. We have plenty of people coming in across the spectrum, and it's like, no, I'm not interested in that at all. Now, maybe my partner is, you know, so how do I do that? Or, right. But we're seeing tons of hetero. Yeah. people coming which is why we teach a workshop on it now yeah <laughs> all about anal <laughs> <laughs> which is great you know I yeah think, i think you know as a physician uh, mm-hmm. people often turn to google and they will google their symptoms and come to me and say this is what i saw on google what do you uh. think and so i think a lot of people don't realize that they have the access to right. speaking to a professional in their community similar to a leader like a physician you're a leader in this field and mm-hmm. i'm sure you, that google has some quality information just like in medicine there's quality sure. information Absolutely. on google but um just knowing that you have a free resource you can swing by all yeah. the products are there it's really great for the community to know you exist and know how they can get to you and that's what we try and put out there most yeah. definitely because that's what we want our uh, one of our mottos is you know stay safe to play safe yeah so that's what we want we want people engaging in a really safe, sane, and consensual manner, sure. uh, manner so that um, whether it's self-exploration, because uh, you can self-harm, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and not mean to, and particularly when it comes to, um, you know, any type of, you know, anal play, a lot of people don't realize that's, that's, that's thinner tissue. It's highly uh, absorbed. Uh, tissue, you know, people will come in and they're like, oh, well, I heard something about doing like, you know, uh, enemas. And we're like, oh, you have to be so, oh, be so careful, you know, with what you're doing with stuff like that, as well as not understanding. We've actually had to go in uh, and make sure that we've got um, the toys in specific areas because we have had people come in and they think they can use just a regular vibrator anal play and it's like oh no you can't right not quite the shape you're looking for <laughs> and maybe not the shape and let's face it a lot of these vibrators do not have um let me just pull, pull up my little toy <laughs> they have to have some kind of a flanged base because as you know there's it, that's a vacuum back there yes. right yes so it's like i tell people you know it's why your, your colon doesn't fall out right i mean yeah. it's like there's a Negative it's pressure. a wind tunnel there's compression it's like so anything that goes in there like that's why you hear and people joke about it but it's really no laughing matter um because we've had er nurses come in and say you wouldn't even believe what we have extracted yeah you know because people are thinking oh but that was so big and it's like yeah no once the body starts <laughs> once it starts pulling it in it's pulling it in that's true yeah. that's true yeah we have seen crazy stories you know when yeah. in, i worked in the er during residency and sure. clinical rotations and we'd see you know patients come through and of course i'd be the the token gay like that worked <laughs> especially in my residency programs they'd be like did you see that guy in there i'm like first of all just because i'm gay doesn't mean you need to come seek me out <laughs> i'm sure there are other people in this hospital that do anal so you can yeah, like, go talk you to could them probably too. put that out there and you might be surprised yeah. how many people would be like oh all about that yes exactly so you know but it's great to know i think that's important information people often do use household items when they don't have toys we've seen remotes we've seen um (laughs) tools we've seen all kinds of carrots cucumbers uh, yeah i mean (laughs) no um absolutely and so that's why once again we really work hard to position ourselves as like a resource and we have had we've had some people pop in and go like hey you know i we're curious about kink it's like oh here we go well here's like the listing of the current kink groups that are you know here in austin have this little you know handout and it'll you know tell you who's out there and who's you know doing play parties and who's doing just predominantly you know educational um 
Wow. You know, get togethers and stuff like that. So it, it, we're not there to put uh, a product or the most expensive product in your hand because we feel like that's how we build trust in the community. And when it comes to this subject matter, trust is key, which is right. why you mentioned something really important, which is communication. Yeah. It is so hard for people to talk about this, sometimes even talk about it with themselves. For sure. You know, sure. I mean, so that's one of the first places we try and start with is like, hey, um, before you even have this conversation with a partner, have this conversation with yourself. Get a toy and experiment with it because that's the other beautiful thing about it is you can use these to show a partner this is what I like. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even in a nonverbal way, because for some people, having to verbalize, you know, true. during intimacy is difficult and uncomfortable. So it's like, here, I'm just going to show you how this works. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I like. Do this, do that, you know. Sure, sure. So there's so many positives uh, to it, as well as safe. It's just so safe. These toys are made out of you know, super hypoallergenic substances like silicone. A lot of people are like, oh, silicone. It's like, well, you know, here's the thing. This toy, whether you're using it topically or inserting it into an orifice, is not going to cross the blood barrier. Right. It's, not, <laughs> it's not, you know, emanating, you know, <laughs> you know, it's right. not, you know, it's not like our skin, which is just sloughing off constantly. This is like a completely inert substance right right so it's really great for clean it's so easy to clean sure. the only thing we tell people is don't use a silicone lubricant on it because that elicits that does elicit a chemical re reaction right silicone and silicone uh, on a molecular level it tries right. to bond with itself so sure. now don't get me wrong you can do it just clean the toy pretty quickly it's gonna get cakey right it's, it's gonna get it. what we say is like greasy it greasy. makes the toy look just kind of like you know yeah, greasy and <laughs> yeah, over a period of time. And that's because there is a chemical reaction happening there if you haven't, you know, gotten it off. You could probably get away with using a really high quality hybrid. Mm -hmm. A hybrid lube is a water based lube, and maybe it's just got a modicum of silicone in it. Gotcha. Yeah. So for people at home who have toys that they've, you know, randomly bought on the internet and they still are like too shameful to talk about mm -hmm. them and they don't know how to clean them, I, I think of an episode of this uh, show that I, I watched called Broad City. This, <laughs> This girl, she gets in a new relationship with a guy, and he wants to be pegged. Uh -huh, okay. I don't know if that's the phrase that we use sure, here. Pegging, absolutely. So, you bet. We used to te teach you. We've taught a <laughs> workshop on that, too. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, okay. Um, it takes her a minute, but she gets into it. And then after the experience, they have a really bonding moment. And mm -hmm. like she's thinking, we're going to be together forever. Mm -hmm. So the guy goes to work, and she decides to clean up. And she puts the um, dildo into the dishwasher, <laughs> which melts it. Okay. Yeah, because obviously it was probably latex or a rubber sure. product. So the great thing about silicone is you can put that oh, in incredible. the top rack yes. of your dishwasher as long as there are no mechanical components. Gotcha. Okay. So I would not put this toy I showed you in there because it's a vibrator. But a dildo, and that's where we also educate people. People are coming in going like, well, I'm looking for a dildo. And what they're actually looking for is a vibrator. Gotcha. Dildos technically are, um, um, you know, um, non-vibrating uh, items that tend to veer more towards looking anatomically correct. 
that. So, sure. and a lot of people come in for that. Now we sell a whole variety of those, and some of them actually do have little openings at the bottom that you can insert, like a vibrating bullet, sure. you know, or something into. But yeah, absolutely. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so you can. Because here's the other cool thing about silicone: it's a conductor. The longer it stays in contact with your body, it will begin to absorb and maintain and radiate the warmth from your body. Wow. So you can warm it up. It's another reason why people really like the um, the glass toys. Gotcha. Yes. That we sell because we tell people these are really great because yeah they're really easy to clean. You can use <laughs> just about anything right. on them. They're Pyrex grade, usually um, right. glass. You still don't want to drop them. They can chip and they can crack. Um, but yeah, uh, super easy to clean. Yeah. <laughs> and conductors. Yeah. Those will conduct both heat and cold. I so. personally think the glass ones are pretty to look at as well. They're the really, designs. really beautiful. Yeah. I like anything glassware type though. I, I, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> but if people come in and they're interested and like, we'll just point that out because a lot of people don't realize that they're like, oh, I like it because it's pretty and right. it seems like, you know, really safe. And they like maybe the heft or the weight of it or whatever. But we also say, and you know what? You can explore temperature play sure. with this. You can now don't microwave it and don't put it in the <laughs> freezer for goodness sake. Yeah. But get a glass of, you know, cold water with ice cubes in it and it'll cool it down, you know. So for people out there who are a little more vanilla like myself, but they want to try something new with mm -hmm. a toy and maybe their partner is also quite vanilla, how do they break the ice? Do people ever ask you, like, how do I mention this to my partner? How do I, how do I show them that I want something more or not offend them or not scare them? Great question. <laughs> and here's honestly what we recommend. What, what we have learned over time is what makes people... Uh, uncomfortable is the concept of introducing something foreign. Right. It's Always. something outside of just me, my body, my, you know, my hands, my genitalia, you know, whatever. It's the fact that suddenly this foreign thing is coming in. So I tell people, start with innocuous household objects right. Right. that are non-threatening. Yes. Start with a Q-tip. Yeah. Take this Q-tip and just dip it in a little bit of oil and use that to go around nipples or like, and like, I'm just going to start with something incredibly innocuous, this yeah. Q-tip, and I'm going to introduce this Somehow. into our, our, our intimate play, right? right? And so, you know, start with things like that, you know, then maybe move to a scarf and I'm just going to blindfold you now and... Do a nine and a half weeks and sit you in front of the refrigerator and feed you and play. You know what I mean? Start with real innocuous household yeah. objects to introduce a foreign sure. item into the intimate play. Then go in and start with small things. Maybe sure. a small little bullet vibrator that you can now use to put anywhere sure. <laughs> on any person. <laughs> I One of the questions we get, we will get um, gay males coming in and saying, well, what have you got for me? And I'm like, Everything. it's all for, it's for everybody. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. Right. But see, that's another thing. That's another thing thing that society has like stigmatized the vibrator is being for, you know, 
vaginas and right. clitorises only. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. Au contraire, you know. Yeah. This is great right at um, the glands, at the base of the penis, the most sensitive, you know, area there, right? right, right. If you take something like that and you know, massage that, that can even potentially help um, with uh, getting and uh, establishing an erection Absolutely. is something to, you know, yeah. send some blood flow because we all know that that's what an erection is. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's circulation. Yes. It's getting blood down into the penis, right. you know. Right. So and then finding a way to actually encourage that, you know, to happen or just... Put it right there at, you know, at the perineum and, yeah. you know, where you've got a little external stimulation there where the prostate gland is, you know, yeah. or a single digit in yep. there to stimulate it, you know. So a lot of my straight friends are terrified of the perineum area. They don't want to even <laughs> consider their partner going anywhere near that that direction. And some of their partners want to. Some yeah. Of their, some of their uh, partners want to enhance climax, and maybe mm-hmm. they've done it with their previous partners. Right. So how do we? I mean, how do we reach out to these people who are really missing out? You know, on a whole pleasure center that could be that, putting them at a next level with their relationship with themselves, personally, just even your own intimate experience with yourself can be even better just by trying to explore something new. So do you ever have people come in saying, my partner won't let me go near his booty? His booty. <laughs> and I'd like to go near the booty. You yeah. know, that one's really difficult because sure. let's face it, there's a lot of stigma, yes. you know, yes. surrounding that. It's like people thinking immediately... You know, because they might want anal stimulation, they're gay. And right. it's like, and so my first question is, well, first of all, what's wrong with being gay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so <laughs> really? That's what you're worried about? Come yeah. on, you know. I know. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, that's one of the more difficult things that we deal with. Right. And it's so there's not uh, a short and a quick, easy You know, answer or fix for that. What we really need is we need more people out there in society who are role models putting that information out there. Right, right. (laughs) And saying, I went on, I used to, we used to um, advertise on a sports network. And I went on there once and I was so proud of one of the hosts because, I mean, you know, and this was about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, right? And this subject came up and he just flat out. Now he, he did it kind of like I had a friend who said, <laughs> right. but in my mind I'm looking at him going like, it was you, it was you. you know, he was kind of like, no, he told me he did it. And right at the moment of climax, you know, yeah. um, his partner stimulated his prostate and he said it was like a rocket ride to the moon (laughs) and i just looked at him i'm like i am so proud of you for putting this out here on this like really you know masculine based potentially (laughs) we've probably got some homophobes out there you know listening to this and to hear somebody just say no i have heard this straight friend of mine say he did it and it was just like yeah 
You know, and so more of that. It can be <laughs> more of that. For sure. It's interesting because I, I treat so many men with erectile dysfunction. And so we're constantly prescribing medication, which obviously is a great benefit yes. increasing that blood flow. Mm -hmm. But what I want to say is, have you tried perennial play? Uh, yeah. But it's such a controversial Real topic. Topic, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it makes people feel submissive or feminine. And these to men are two traits that, you know, in society today, they try to reject as hard as, as possible. As hard as possible, yeah. And so I'm in this, like, rock in a hard place where I want to provide the education, but the backlash sometimes from patients, especially because I communicate with them a lot over the internet, and so they're texting, and it's very easy to be upset, aggressive, or angry over text. It's yeah. much harder when you're talking on the phone, phone or over yeah. video, so I have to be careful what I say because anything that sets them off, right. even myself, it's so easy for me to text someone all my angry frustration than it is for me to get on the phone and be angry. You know, right. That's another human listening. Now you have to, you know... <laughs> now you have to respond to their response. You have to respond, and so the <laughs> diplomacy factor immediately right. kicks in because you're absolutely right, and that's right. the one thing where, yeah, I hate having discussions of of any import over, you know, it's text tough. or email yeah. or anything like that because all it takes is uh, a missing dot, word, a period, yeah, exactly. or word. <laughs> it's like I responded to somebody once like, no, like it was like, thank you, no, thank you. And I didn't go no, comma, thank you. I just put like no space, thank you. And yeah. they were like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute, huh? It's like all their insecurities come out and they think they try to interpret your tone. So yeah, I, and I totally think that there is a place for texting too in virtual sure. care. Obviously it lets people feel more comfortable, especially mm -hmm. with a sexual topic like discussing erectile dysfunction. So yeah. certainly it's great in that aspect, but it has its missing pieces too. But. Yeah. Well, this is a tough one, and this is yeah. one that, you know, in my mind, it's just going to take more time, and it's going to take getting out there and getting more people educated about it and right. just working hard to continue to destigmatize it because, yeah, I mean, it's one of the number one things that we get people coming to the store asking about, and I'm talking about everybody, yeah. you know, gay, straight, male, female, non-binary, there are people, everybody is coming in going, I'm curious about this, because people with vaginas... <laughs> you know, we that we've had people go like, well, what's the benefit of that? Why would I don't have a prostate? It's like, well, you know, actually, those two canals mirror each other for a certain, you know, yeah. space and time. And actually, the wall between them is somewhat, uh, you know, conductive. And so we have heard, you know, people say that, yeah, if I actually insert and put a vibrating, yeah. um, you know, butt plug in there. Um, I can actually feel it emanating through the walls, and it increases my sense of fullness in the front. Uh, it, it enhances pleasure. Yeah. yeah. So You know, I think there's a, a very common misconception. I'm obviously not a female or a, a person with a vagina, but I uh, have a lot of female friends or people with vagina friends mm -hmm. who have... Uh, been adamantly interested in anal sex. They mm -hmm. talk about it all the time. I think mm -hmm. they think it's something that we can relate about, so they bring it up to me. <laughs> but yeah. in high school, going back, there's this really random story. This is my first encounter with someone listening to them talk about anal sex. There was this girl, her name was <laughs> and she actually had the nickname anal and this is in high school. <laughs> oh, my Mind word. Me. But she, Okay, that is she, bold. Yeah. Exactly. At that the time, really I thought bold. it was very shocking. I mean, uh -huh. I was like 16, but she was she owned it. She embraced it. Right. She loved it. She was that's what she was literally known for in, in high school, but you know, I think it just that made other girls 
her age and, and around her, open mind to it because obviously you're exploring your sexuality in high school. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting now looking back at my reaction to that was so like visceral and uh, conservative. And yeah. I mean, we were in a Christian pro private school. So to hear wow. anal hear was quite anal <laughs> like, wow. Okay. But now, you know, I'm anal Tyler. So yeah. here we yeah. are. <laughs> Yeah, you go. I mean, and that's what I tell people. It's like, figure it out and yes. then, you know, own it. I mean, yes, as a person it. who's now reaching a certain age, that's one of the other things I really try and, you know, express to my younger friends is like, God, you know, own it. Just own figure it. out what it is and own it. It's like, yeah. this is my this is my package. Exactly. This is, you know. This is what I, I have to this offer. Is this what, is who yeah. I am. This is what I am. This is what's going to work. This is what's not going to work. This is. It's so it's empowering. Just, it, it's it, incredibly empowering. And for me, I'm yeah. on this constant journey of ridding shame from being gay, mm -hmm. not fulfilling what I think my parents wanted for me in my life. All those things that we get growing up. And so I constantly try to be more accepting of who I am, mm -hmm. great with my quirks. And mm -hmm. so spreading those out and being open with those, I think other people just get more accepting with their own quirks and their own weirdness. That's exactly right. And that's exactly you know? what the world needs more of. Because yes. yes. we're it's all people. weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people who are just, yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, shame free. It's like, now don't get me wrong. I am not going to be overly aggressive with that right, but right, right. i also don't have any problem with expressing that for sure you know and again owning it and accepting it and embracing it about myself for so sure. that's positive for yeah. sure so how do people get involved with the workshops what is that process like do they need to come to you know the the, the process is go online you can go to our website forbiddenfruit.com uh, our workshops are up there uh, we also do at home workshops so maybe you've got a group of friends and uh who you want to get together and, um, you know, explore this maybe in the comfort of your own home. We absolutely do that as well. Um, and we also do um, after hours private shopping parties at the store. So we've got all kinds of options. But yeah, pick up the phone and call us. Go to our website. Come in and pick up a flyer. They're all over the place. Come in yeah. and ask us questions. Know somebody who's a, a sex positive, you know, pioneer like person. Um, we prefer this credentialed, you know, obviously <laughs> we don't want just anybody right. coming off the street going, I could teach that blowjob class. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, you right. know, we've, we've got uh, credentialed, even if it's just like uh, our main presenter, which is our uh, our general manager, Johnny, he's expert Johnny. <laughs> he's been working in the industry for like, you know, 15, 20 years and knows the toys and knows, you know, and is studied and is, you know, so, but absolutely. So we also welcome information about that because that's how we bring more people in, in the community. Sure. People will move here and say, I was, you know, an ASEX certified sex therapist up and blah, blah, blah. And I can, you know, uh, and here's my jam. And it's, like, oh, yeah, we've got somebody doing that, coming in to teach a class uh, on masturbation. Go fuck yourself <laughs> is the name of the class, wow. which I love. Incredible. <laughs> I hope I can curse. Did I just... Yeah, of oh, course you can. Okay, crap. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's a great name. Yeah, isn't that a great name? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, very cool. And so I think, too, a lot of people think going into a store, especially for me, when I've gone into stores in the past, usually they're large chains. And so I'm not really greeted with someone who really wants to be there, really wants to kind of educate me. And so that is always in the back of my head when I go into a new store. Now I'm like, 
I don't want to bother anyone. I'm just here. Don't let anyone look at me. I'm just browsing <laughs> around, you know. And and you know, it's it's a different environment for me still to this day. Even though I've purchased toys before, I I think mm-hmm. I would say I'm on like the medium scale of being, you know, more comfortable. So. Um, how does someone determine what's a good place for them to get started? Should they look for more of like a local type shop where that people may be more I am um, always going to encourage interested. people that instead of going online, because as you said it before, there's good information, but there's so much more yeah. bad information. Sure. And if you don't know really where to look and, and where to drill down on that. Um, and the other thing is, is like, let's face it, you can look at these toys and these items online, but there's nothing like picking it up. And having it right there in your hand. And not only that, you are helping keep small mom and pops like yeah. Forbidden Fruit, like our business open. We're a family-owned, woman-owned, <laughs> you know, and we've only got one store in Austin. But by Jiminy, we've had that store for 41 years. And we know what we're talking about. You're going to walk in, and the first thing we're going to do is offer to help or just give you the space that you need. We're going to encourage you uh, to pick stuff up. We're going to offer to take it out of the package and let you check it out. Mm. Folks, you can't do that online. (laughs) No, you can't, you know. And here's the other thing that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of our manufacturers and suppliers, these toys have warranties now, and they will not honor them if you buy the toy online. Because there are people out there who are doing bulk buying and reselling um, there, there are counterfeiters out there, believe it or not. <laughs> a lot of these toys are manufactured overseas, and if some of these overseas houses see a particularly popular an item they're getting a lot of, they may find a, find a way to, like, you know, make a little knockoff and get it out there on the market. We actually get approached by overseas, you know, companies and yeah. uh, saying, like, hey, buy from us. We make these toys. And I'm going, like, yeah, no, I can't. First of all, there's... It's too questionable. Second of all, I mean, the tariffs and waiting for the shipping and all. Right. Yeah, it's problematic. And so, yeah, any chance you get, no matter where you are, no matter where you live, find the hometown team and go and support them because right. that's what's going to keep our doors open. And that's going to continue to be a, a resource for you, a place where you can hopefully go in and they are going to take it out of the package and let you check te- check it out. I'm going to be able to tell you the difference between here's 40 lubes, you know, yeah. and 20 of them are silicone and what's the difference? Right. I can tell you the difference between dimethicone and dimethiconol and cyclopentasilicone and I can tell you what the different grades are and why, you know, what <laughs> yeah, we our staff we are well-trained. We are definitely experts. We are there to, to give you the information and be able to, you know, show you the difference between all of these products. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So some personal questions I have for sure. some products that I have. So I often use uh, the Lube Swiss Army? Swiss Army. Swiss Army. Yeah, yeah. Love them. That's I don't great. know. I'm not, they're not sponsoring us by any means, but yeah. we, I love them. Is it a great option for me? Is that, do you know much about that brand? Is that? I do know a lot about that brand. We've been carrying that brand for, yeah. I mean, I can't, 10, 15 years. Yeah. MD Science. I usually use the, the water based. The water based. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and, and they're really working hard to, like everybody, I mean, if you want to stay relevant in this industry, you have to keep expanding. Right. Trust me, back in the day, I mean, <laughs> there 
there were very few. I mean, one of the first lubes that actually came out was Astroglide. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use it occasionally. Is, it's still out there. Okay, so here's... A, I like the little bottle that comes in. It's very great for travel. Fun fact about Astroglide. Do you know where they... Do you know how they came up with their name? No. Their um, chemical compound is based upon the same chemical compound of the lubricant that was used on the heat shield of the space shuttle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's why it's so durable. People don't realize, <laughs> but things that are like that, the heat shield has to have some, you know, yeah. like your car has oil in the engine. That's a lubricant, right? right. So not right. that you would use, you know. <laughs> Maybe end of the world. <laughs> I don't, need the you car know, to but work. That's the whole thing. Is, so yeah, Astroglide, really fun fact. Um, and that was one of those lubes we, we um, carried back in the day. We, as a small boutique, we are leaning towards more boutique brands sure. ourselves. Sure. So uh, we do definitely carry Swiss Navy, love that brand. Um, gave you a little sample of a brand that we like a lot, which is Uberlube. I've heard of them. Yeah, and they're great, and they're strictly silicone, and we like them a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but silicone is is an awesome option uh, because it is water resistant, right? So, uh, if you're looking for something that's going to be super long lasting. Uh, that's a really great option because it's viable for everything except for maybe oral. Gotcha. Right, because you don't want to put a lot of that <laughs> stuff. Now, a lot of companies out there make, yeah. you know, flavored lubes, and right. they are designed to be, you know, safe for ingestion. And what's also great about that is they're also safe for uh, vaginal intercourse right. because, uh, you know, sugar is the enemy. Yes. Down there, okay? So <laughs> anything like sweet, certain chemicals and, you know, right. sweeteners and things like that. Sure. So Swiss Navy is uh, a really great brand, and they have now branched out to many different types of, you know, they've everybody's got like their, their standard water base, then like their thicker, you know, more gel, but right. then also uh, an even cleaner one. They're naturals. They're only... I think there's only one company out there with an actual organic lube on the market, though. Gotcha. So that's System Joe, and we carry their products. And um, uh, Naked Silk is a really great one uh, if you're into hybrids. That's going to be a predominantly water-based lube mm. uh, that's got just a little bit of silicone. Dimethicone, I think, is the silicone they use. And dimethicone is a pretty broad spectrum. Sure. Um, a lot of people don't realize, but it's like it's what's in your lotions, your body lotions. Yeah. It's what gives it that silky smooth, you know, sensation. Um, it's in your hair conditioners. Hmm. So when people start to get all freaked out about silicone, I'm like, you have no idea how much so silicone you're using already. <laughs> right. It's kind of like corn. You have no idea how much <laughs> corn you're eating. <laughs> it's in I can't just everything. It's in everything yeah. Yeah. For sure. Another question I have is how do I know if I'm getting the right size cock ring? Because sometimes they feel way too tight, but then the erection is better. Uh, yes. And then sometimes they feel not as tight, still get a good erection, but can wear it longer. But can wear it longer, exactly. And so, you know, cock rings are one of those things that we always... Again, you got to come up with those gateway. Yes. <laughs> ease in. Ease the, 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 the ways to ease in. I would tell anybody who's uh, looking to experiment with it, start with something adjustable. Yeah. So there are, um, and uh, your options there are going to be probably like, you know, maybe a leather, and we also sell vegan leather. Huh. So, you know, they're sure. not uh, actual leather. But, you know, the snap style. So they're going to come, and I would say start with uh, a five over three snap, just because that's going to give you more adjustability. 
And we always encourage people, you know, experiment with it both ways. But if you want it to be the most effective, it is more effective if you do get it around the scrotum. So I don't know if you're using it just at the base. I do it all the way all around. All the way around. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell people is that we want to put, you want to get the whole like package a, in there, baby. It's like a, you know, a nice um, push-up bra push for up. the testicles. That's exactly right. <laughs> but it's like, and of course, obviously, I'm sure you explain this to people, you know, the benefits of it is, is it puts just enough pressure on that vein. Yes. To try and, you know, pinch that backflow out. Right. And, of course, backflow is how you lose yeah. the erection. But because it's the vein and not the artery, you've still got arterial access. Exactly. Blood can in. still get in. Right. So, and I always tell people, like, uh, start with something adjustable. So either like a leather, you know, a five snap, a three snap, something. And experiment with putting that around everything. Uh, around the base of the scrotum, the whole nine yards, um, and then uh, adjust it, and then just wear it for a, a while to right. see, you know, how it's going to feel uh, over time. Don't wear it too long, yes. <laughs> because you also don't want to. We're talking about circulation, right? right? So, you know. Yes, I've seen the uh, consequences of too much ED medication or or taking uh, yeah too much of a, a hard on for too long. Too long, exactly. <laughs> and it's two twenty-two gauge needles going right into the penis it, to drain it to drain it exactly. And a lot of people <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna have to go right in there and just let it out. Yeah. Um. So I would say experiment with that, and then experiment with the um, uh, the ones that have stretch. Right. Right. Um, the one that I gave you is super stretchy. And so for some people, start with the really lighter weight, super stretchier ones, for because sure. those are going to also give you an idea of what, you know, pressure, how much pressure, but not too much pressure. And then you can graduate up to uh, some that maybe have like a slightly thicker band on them. Right. So start with like a thinner band or, you know, up to about, you know, like maybe a quarter, you know, to a half an inch. Start there and work your way up. And again, just wear it. It's kind of like what we tell people who are going to experiment with um, anal sex. Mm -hmm. That tissue can be trained. I tell people like, Put the butt plug in and wear it at night. Yeah. <laughs> wear it while you sleep and just... I haven't thought of that, but that's and, a great idea. And slowly <laughs> begin to... Well, it's like we also have a lot of, um, you know, uh, vagina people come in and they're they're dealing maybe with, you know, with vaginismus or yeah. they're dealing with, you know, different issues and we sell dilator kits. Right. And that's the whole point is put it in and wear it wear it while you sleep so that you're slowly getting that tissue to relax to relax and, and you know trained to be able to take right. you know a certain level of uh penetration so so it's like anything yeah that's how you dip your toe in yeah absolutely <laughs> and i think a lot of patients that i see especially older patients that have leaky veins they're being diagnosed with this but their urologist has never even mentioned a cock ring or something similar to that because yeah. again this is such a taboo topic for so right. many of us and in medicine, we don't talk about sex toys ever, all, ever. Zero, which is really unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I mean, we already don't talk much about sexual health. We already don't talk much about erectile dysfunction, but then to, to completely miss out on a way to bring couples together mm -hmm. because the, sometimes uh, as a family physician, we are the couple's counselor. Yeah. That's, you know, we're yes. the front line, we're the front line determining yeah. if they need therapy. And so being able to say a few little things, even having educational material to say, maybe go talk to this, you know, sex shop owner, maybe go mm -hmm. talk to this person in our community mm -hmm. just to give them the idea, or open the communication or conversation. But again, because things now are so 
electrifying. People get so upset by like a small trigger. I think physicians were also in this place where we're like, we just don't want to cause any issue because we can't always read the patient, right? Like exactly. this person, mm-hmm. is this person going to get offended? Right. And then what happens there? Did they, who do they tell? What do they do with this offense? You know? Yeah. And so, it's such a polarizing um, yeah. subject. Goodness. And, <laughs> and it's, and that's one of the things, you know, the positives of social media are obviously, you know, increased interaction. But then the downside is, is like people will just spank people for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like I just sometimes I'm just like, oh, God, I hate these platforms because yes. you do one little thing wrong. And you're destroyed. And God, yeah, we had a guy come in and bought some lube and then went back and, and claimed that he found it for like half of what we were charging for it online and promptly drove back to our store and threw it down in front of our store because we wouldn't take it back. And we're like, no, I'm sorry. I just can't. Well, you know, and then goes on. <laughs> you know, social media and just what horrible people we are and how we completely, you know, scammed them. And I'm just like, wow, okay, John Q. Public, here's our response and do what you will with this. But yeah, I hear what you're saying is it's incredibly polarizing. People can get incredibly, you know, worked up over it. Um, Yeah, I would say, um, and there are manufacturers out there who actually started more in, they refer to it, we, it's the sexual health industry, right? Right, right. So there are companies out there making products where they are putting them in packaging that's designed to look like. Yeah. This is not a sex toy. This is a sexual health implement. Right, almost like a medical device. A medical, that's exactly right. <laughs> it's a medical device. So that's, and one of the things that we actually try and work hard at uh, at our shop is, is to present products in really the most, uh, I don't want to say generic, but just non-offensive packaging. Right. You know, back in the day, everything was in packages <laughs> that showed, you know, women and couples and you know, just like, uh, you know, yeah. like, you know, in the throes of ecstasy on the package, just like, yeah, no, we, w- yeah. then we would take everything out, clamshell it, put our own thing on, <laughs> And it's just like, we just don't even know because that, first of all, it, so here's obviously a woman. What if it's not going to be you right. know, for a woman? Why does it, why is everything geared towards like the heterosexual experience, right? We, again, people of all, you know, orientations and, and potential applications. So, I would tell you, you know, do a little homework and go in and see if you can find some of you yeah. know those things and sure. then find the places like us <laughs> to direct people to like, hey, you know, we're really, we're there for you. Again, we're just really um, easygoing and uh, open and welcoming. And that's one of the biggest compliments we can get because we have had people come in and go like, wow, I was so nervous and you made this. Yeah. So easy. Now, I it probably, you know, doesn't hurt that, you know, for a lot of the people coming in, I'm like the cool older aunt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good vibe. Yeah, but <laughs> it is. And and I will tell you, if I've had younger people going like, wow, you made that so. Right. You know, at first I was a little like, but hey. And, and now I, I'm, I'm maybe beginning to wonder, like, could I talk to my parents about this? Maybe right. they're cooler than I think they You know, are. it's so funny you mentioned your parents <laughs> because, again, um, I, as I'm going through this process of trying to release my shame and just embrace who I am and my quirks and weirdness, I'm also like almost shocking my mom on a consistent, like time to time basis because 
I don't hide anything in my house. Sex toys are not hidden. Yeah. Nothing is like yeah. off limits. And my mom is often in my house. We she helps me do projects all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I used to hide all those things, but she would find them anyways. Yeah. So for me, the hi- she knew it was hidden, right? So then she thinks in the back of her head, oh, I'm shamed about either yeah. wearing a jock strap yeah, or having <laughs> you know, a cock ring or lube. <laughs> so now, because to me, those things are not shameful. They're just embracing right. my personality and, right. and what I like. So I leave them everywhere. <laughs> so she goes for in, you. But I think it also opens her mind little by little because, right. you know, I th- and that's what I think we want to do. And that's what we're passionate about here and why we're talking today is exactly. opening minds. You that's know? what we want to do. Whatever your options are, whether it's, <laughs> you know, ED medications because that needs to. And and by the way, there need to be more things on the market for women. Oh my goodness. That is a huge topic. It's uh, I know it, it's because we obviously we hear about it, you know, all the time uh, being in the shop and, you know, the industry and stuff as well. But, um, the good news is, is I I think the market's going to open up because initially, uh, women were not coming in looking for that. We would have women come in and go, well, why don't you guys have this? And I'm going like, honestly, Nobody's asking for it. Right. So it's a, that, that's where it's a capitalist supply and demand economy. Absolutely. We're in here. And if more and more people uh, who identify, you know, female come in and say, I want this. I'm looking for something along this that's going to work with my chemistry. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a question we always get is when is the women's product coming out? And of course, women are notoriously more complicated as far as their sexual (laughs) um, arousal state and how to achieve orgasm, whereas (laughs) men, it's like... Very simple. We just need blood flow, blood flow. <laughs> which is yeah. really sad because it's not fair. You know, yeah. I, I, and it, of course, too, the way that things typically go in medicine, men get the priority. Right. We always we always get things for free. ED medications typically covered by Medicaid and Medicare, yeah. whereas we can't even get birth control covered for most women. So that's right. Well, it's, it's a whole nother topic. We can discuss it another day. It is. And that, <laughs> that, that could get, you know, highly political. Yes. That, you know, I mean, the, the, our country, fortunately, I think is. You know, we're trying to continue to move in the right direction. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's still a white male patriarchal society Absolutely. that we live in. Yep. That's still who so many things are still predominantly um, based on, marketed to, exactly. you know, taken care of. So, yeah. I just tell myself the pendulum swings and, you know, we go yeah. forward and then we go back. And you have to remember that forward is coming back. Yeah. And then those yeah. times when we feel like the world is pushing backwards is when we're supposed to be the most vocal, mm-hmm. be the most out there so that we can push it exactly. that next direction. And so that's my, my idea on progress. But I do also want to talk to you about something else you're very passionate about. And that's of course the burlesque community. Yes. The burlesque and drag and just, uh, all, you know, uh, what used to be considered highly alternative, you know, forms, uh, art forms and entertainment. And what most people don't realize is this, these are, you know, drag obviously uh, not exactly the same as burlesque, but definitely overlaps. Overlaps, and they've both been around for. I mean, let's face it: there have been males impersonating females in performance dating back to Shakespeare's day because women weren't allowed to do theater. <laughs> so what people don't realize is, is back in Shakespeare's day, right. all the women's parts. We're men. We're played by men. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a long-standing theatrical tradition, and burlesque is certainly, um, you know, no different. Has been around 
(laughs) uh, for an incredibly long time. And so I love this art form. I love it because to me, it is just, it's so empowering and so positive because in the world of burlesque, true burlesque celebrates the body in every way, shape, form, and fashion. And it doesn't matter, again, your age, your size, your color, your orientation. None of that matters. It's about the T's. And everybody has a body that they can flirt with. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that's what it is. It's a form of, you know... Mental flirtation. Yeah. (laughs) Self-expression. And and, self-expression, exactly. taking on maybe a different persona of yourself. Totally. Expressing who that is, you know? Yeah. So my partner and I, we got into drag in the most commercial way possible, of course, watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, of course. We started watching early in the pandemic. Um, I had seen episodes. A friend of mine, Omar, he always liked to watch it. I never really got that interested previously. I've also sort of been opening my horizon to my queerness in the Mm -hmm. last probably four four or five years, you know, I've always been more of a wanting to be hyper-masculine, afraid of showing any femininity or submissiveness. And again, that goes back to, I think, just where I was raised and how I was raised. And so in that time period of watching RuPaul's Drag Race, it's really empowered me to embrace my femininity and how much strength there is there. And, um, you know, takes me back to when I was a kid wearing my mom's high heels and skirts that I would never have told anyone before, but now here I am saying on this podcast. But, um, it's it's so empowering and it is so incredible to see people put so much energy and effort into entertaining Absolutely. going through having to just completely transform yourself but not only that make no money you know have <laughs> be literally in the most distant corner of of uh, what people deem acceptable acceptable or mm-hmm. or successful mm-hmm. and still saying this is what i love to do this is what i'm going to do yeah. and of course we see now the commercialization of drag being so positive in the sense that it educates more of us to be aware i support all my local drag queens sure. i love going to local drag shows mm-hmm. we go to drag con in la to support all of the oh, girls nice. from, i'm a yeah. huge fan i'm like yeah. i i follow them all on instagram i treat them like celebrities because in my head that's like also an interesting way to give back to the LGBTQ plus community that's our like niche you know it's our form of art that we can kind of stamp for ourselves and so just for me and my my partner we always say this is like going to church for us because we're not religious but we like to tithe to our gay community yeah (laughs) there you go uh, one of the Yada Sophia says give the queen a fucking dollar so give the queen a fucking Fucking dollar dollar, would you please (laughs) No, uh, absolutely, and and I love that, and it's one of the things I love about the community uh, and how it embraces, you know, everybody, and again, you know, everybody type, and so I... um, you know, was a, uh, a formally trained dancer and danced, you know, um, in a dance company. But I've certainly done my share of burlesque. Um, different from the burlesque that's out there now, but I mean, certainly even within the group that I was performing with, we used to do a, a show down on 6th Street called Club Sandwich. And uh, it was a Wednesday night thing, and we invited all sorts of people in, and that's where we would do, you know, a few uh, burlesque numbers mixed in. And so just watching kind of the whole evolution and, you know, where it's been and and where it's headed, I just, I adore it. And I tell people, you're not going to find a more welcoming 
shame-free, open, positive environment that's just, again, so positive and empowering for everybody. There's something there for everybody. And what's interesting is like at our shows, because when I tell people this, you know, oh, yeah, Forbidden Fruit, we produce, you know, we sponsor and I... Um, co-produce and direct the Texas Burlesque Festival. And and they're just like, what? <laughs> you know what? I don't know what people, you know, have in their mind that they think it's going to be. I'm like, God, you know, some of... The, they're like, well, is it, is it just a bunch of guys out there? I'm like, are you kidding me? It's mostly women. Oh, yeah. my God. Big groups of... I mean, we've had bachelorette parties, you know, yeah. come to this. We've had everybody. I mean, because... It's about transformation on stage for the artist, mm-hmm. which then they share in that transformation. The audience kind of gets to, you know, share in that. And it's also about, uh, I, I'm about to, you know, do something yeah. kind of risque. And I'm not going to do it if you don't encourage me. Right. To do it, I'm going to take. I'm taking my clothes off up here, people. Right, right. <laughs> you know, give me so, a hand. <laughs> Better clap. <laughs> Interact with me, exactly. Yeah, like, do you want me to take this off? Right, right, right. I don't know. No, I'm not. Yeah, not enough. I think it's really empowering too because we see so many body types mm-hmm. in burlesque. We yes. see so many skin colors. We mm-hmm. see so many people from different walks of life, yeah. and this isn't what they often do full time. Sometimes, oh. for sure, but this is like their side gig, and maybe someone in the audience thinking, "I want to do that." Yeah, even if just at home in front of the mirror, mirror I want to exactly. try that. That looks empowering. Yeah. I want to try that for my husband or for yeah. my wife, wife or, or my partner, my partner, whoever. whoever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, so. no, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And so my shameless plug is the Texas Burlesque Festival is this yeah. May 12th and 13th at the Rollins Theater inside the Long Center. Awesome. Yeah, and That's so I love fun. that because, I mean, the Long Center, for goodness sakes, people, this is a big city-owned art, you know, they Incredible. produce, you know, all kinds of shows and stuff come through there. So I love the fact that this is the town that we live in, yes. that when I came to them and said, I, I want to do the Burlesque Festival there, they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Incredible. You know, and it's so funny because like one of the first times we did it, the ballet was happening upstairs. <laughs> and, you know, you would see there, we're all coming in through the same doors and the yeah. people come in and they would look at all of us in the burlesque community and we're all dolled up and corsets and bows right. and we're all just in there and they're walking and people would literally come over and like, I would see them walk up to the box officer and usher and go like, what's, what's happening <laughs> over there? And it's like, oh, it's the Texas Burlesque Festival. And, you know, of course there were always going to be a few who were like, <laughs> but then more often than not, people are like, what? Yeah, what is that? What is that? Oh, are there any tickets left to that? You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. So, yeah, a, a lot of fun. I, I adore the community. And to what you're saying about, you know, shows like um, RuPaul's Drag Race. And I remember, um, and this crosses a n- numerous, you know, uh, communities and stuff. Everything from when Fifty Shades of Grey came out right. uh, in the BDSM community, and then when Cher did Burlesque, there were a bunch of people going like, "Oh my God, yeah, that's not what that Fifty Shades of Grey is not what." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." Push comes to shove, absolutely, you're right. There's a lot of that that that's not the better part of sure. what's happening and what this community is about. I said, but isn't it great that we're getting it out there and yeah. all the vanilla people in the world can now see it and go, exactly. wow, 
wow, I never even thought. They're destigmatizing it. It was right. the same thing with burlesque. I knew performers are going like, but they didn't strip. They didn't take anything. There wasn't a transformation on stage. There wasn't, you know, they were, and I was just like, but isn't it great that more people are now interested in burlesque? Yeah, and that because movie. Because they... They kind of presented it in a, a safer, vanilla exactly. way, but it's piqued people's interest. And if it is moving towards the destigmatization of it, yes. I am all for it. Yeah, and they're always playing on the E channel, that, that burlesque. So, I mean, you see it all the time. And, yeah. and, you know, these are big names. So, definitely for me, mm-hmm. actually, was one of the first times that I saw what burlesque was. So, mm-hmm. definitely opening minds. And then, you know, we have. Going back to RuPaul's Drag Race and the commercialization of drag, the commercialization of burlesque, Mm -hmm. of course, now it's becoming more of a hot topic, which means it's getting on radars of people who don't really want to see it there. So now we're seeing this this unfortunate side effect of Mm -hmm. becoming popular, and that is that we're seeing a lot of legislation now. I think there's over 400 bills that have been uh, It's just insane, and then people don't realize that there's actually legislation here in Texas right now that would tremendously affect the burlesque community. It's a piece of legislation where they're trying to make it to where burlesque and drag, Mm -hmm. they're trying to make it like, well, it's what they did basically to the topless bars, right? So our, um, you know, our family members who are in there working in those bars, they basically got like, oh, well, this is now a sexually oriented business and you're going to have to pay a cover charge to come in here and you're going to have to all of this, um, these additional licensures and hoops that you're going to have to jump through in order to be able to present this. They're actually trying to create legislation that would require drag shows and burlesque shows. To do the same thing. And we're already having a hard enough time finding places that will support us and allow us to do it. I can't even tell. I mean, yeah, to find places that suddenly it's like, they're going to let us do it. We can do burlesque here. I'm just like, you have no idea how uh, difficult it is because some places, some places want it, but it's just not the right environment because let's face it, for burlesque and drag, we need a dressing room, people. Right. We can't get dressed in a broom closet or in the bathroom <laughs> with right. John Q and Jane Q public walking through here while we're trying to, you know, get ready. We can't, you know, so some places, God bless them, they want it. Uh, it it's just not going to work. But then when we have places that are like, yeah, we're going to do it, we're like, oh, Thank you so much. But now this law, these they're trying to, yeah. It's so I always tell people, this is, I'm a letter writer. I'm a letter writer, and I'm an office caller, and I figure I can take enough time. I can take five minutes out of my day to pick up and call my senator, yeah. my congressman, my representative. I'm going to get a voicemail, but I'm going to have a well-scripted, comment ready to leave on that voicemail exactly and i'm going to write a letter and i so i encourage you if you are in a place that's doing this it's a democracy people they need to hear from us if they don't hear from us they think they're on the right track yeah we got to let them know we have to be extremely vocal for sure we cannot just roll over we're doing the same thing in florida you know i spend half my time oh, here my in word Austin, texas oh my god i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> florida like, yeah, florida the only state texas can make fun of when it comes to know. you know incredibly draconian restrictive i mean <laughs> policies we, and laws it's it's crazy and you know the crazy thing to me is 
Um, when I have gone to drag shows, usually they explain prior that this is more of a family-friendly event or not. So you're yeah. clearly educated and aware. Parents mm -hmm. are smart enough to know what's best for their kids. It's, yeah. And a lot of the time, they're bringing their kids because their kids are showing signs of being in the LGBT community. Yeah. They want to have support. You know, I cannot even imagine if my mom or dad would have allowed me to mm -hmm. see that representation of what you know, entertaining would have been like at a young age. As a young kid, I loved being in front of the camera. I wanted to be a weatherman so bad. I just wanted <laughs> to entertain people. Right. And then as I got older, early preteen years, I realized that was a more feminine way to go. And in my, the eyes of my family, they yeah. thought entertainment and all of the dancing hoo-ha-ha -ha was mm -hmm. too girly. And so I immediately shut that out and really blocked that from my yeah. personality for years. And to mm -hmm. now, like, I'm just now in the last few years been comfortable, like, talking to people on camera only because I've been seeing patients over video, over yeah. television. It's yeah. really revitalized my interest in, like, talking on camera, really embracing who I am. And yeah. so... I think what, what people don't understand is how valuable this is to those kids yeah. and to those to those young people who are already knowing. I knew I was gay at five. I had my first crush yeah. in first grade, yeah. and uh, his name was <laughs> He's still out there. I still love you. No. <laughs> we, it's crazy. That's, that's, a, that's a funny story. We ended up actually going to the same elementary, middle, mm -hmm. and high school, and yeah. he just was there for me mentally yeah. this whole time. But anyways, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> you know, it's so, but but you bring up an important topic. When you said parents know what's best for their kids, that's what's so, that, that's the dichotomy, and that's so hypocritical to me, yeah. because so many people in that more conservative ilk are all about, we want the, it's all about them, you know, the parents, and we have to give parents the tools they need to protect their kids. I'm sorry, but it's also giving parents the tools and the options they need to make their own decisions exactly. about what's best for their kids. How dare you tell me that taking my kid to a drag brunch or a burlesque show, so as long as it's something that you believe in, it's okay. Right, right, <laughs> but right. when it comes to something that you know I believe in or I want my child exposed to, Suddenly that's not okay. Suddenly right. I don't my parent you're trying to take my parental rights away. Right. Okay. So don't don't do yeah, no. And I mean, yeah. you don't really see too much difference when you go to the beach or a pool. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing everybody, sometimes they're topless laying yeah. out. Yeah, sometimes yeah. kids yeah. are getting access to this information. Yeah. This is 2022, 20, excuse me, 2023. Three, yeah. Uh, this stuff is on the internet. It's a yeah. great way for you to talk to your kids about it because if you shield them from it or hide it from it, they're just gonna be more curious. That's exactly they're right. They're gonna be more yeah. um rebellious yes. to access that information. Yeah. Have the conversation be open. Let them know, hey, drag exists. Is this something you're interested in? No? Okay, we can move on. Yeah, move you know? on, yeah. <laughs> well, you are interested, curious, just want to know more about it? Right. Is it something? Yeah, okay. Well, at least you know it's there. You know what it is. It's like you said. It's not, yeah, that's that whole suppression environment that, <laughs> I, I mean, as a parent who has a, you know, a son in college, and I mean, my goodness. I mean, he was exposed to burlesque. I was taking, I've got pictures of him two years old running around in rehearsal. I've got pictures of him when he was like four years old running around on stage at a dress rehearsal. And then he finally got to come as a young adult to his first burlesque show. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I had to wait till you were, you know, as a youngster, I can bring you behind the scenes, right. you know, and stuff like that. But these shows are, you know, 18 or 21 and up. So we finally got to go. And he was like, wow. He's like, this is so great. To, yep. He's like, God, I just, 
I love this. You know, this <laughs> is so sure. wonderful because I was getting to see all the rehearsals and right. he sees all the work that I put into it. He knows so many of these, you know, performers and stuff. He's like, wow. But to actually, he's like, this was, he's like, thank you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, mom. For sure. Now I understand. Now I really get to see, you know, the full, the full, full circle of it. So yeah, it's like, my God parents you know be there for them i think too a lot of parents even i've never been taught how to have a conversation about sex with a young person even as a physician we never learned that and we should and then for parents what how do they even navigate such a complex issue you know people to me it blows my mind that you think on your 18th birthday you're just given this enlightenment that you're now able to access information that you couldn't process two months before or a year before Before. or two years before, you know, you can drive a car Uh and in many places buy a gun, but we can't let you see sexual activity because you're not ready for that. Right. So who decides that, you know, obviously society and we come together and figure out these, these ideas, but we don't really give any education on how to navigate them. Here's just the, here's the law, but that's it. We're not giving you anything else. Well, it's one of the other (laughs) potential positives, you know, of the internet. And we're also blessed just because we live here in Austin. We, we are a speck of blue in a sea of red here, you know, and, but one of the things Austin has always been known for is just, you know, embracing its weirdness. And I just feel like uh, we've got a lot more resources here because there is a, a, a group and organization here in town called Unhushed, Dr. Karen Rain, and that's what they specialize in, wow. is helping parents get the resources that they need to comfortably talk to their kids about sex and sexuality. Wow. So that's a great. So yeah, it's out there, folks. The resources are there. But just make sure you're also you know, dealing with um, good, positive resources, people right. who that that do have the acumen, the accreditation that and that they're on the right track. They're there to dispel myths. They're there to um, just give you the information and let you make your own decisions about it. There are no there's no policy being spewed here. There's no uh, opinion being it's like, here it is. Uh, And that's what we try to do at the shop. It's like, here it is. Here's the stuff. Here's the information. Do yeah. with it what you will. Decide right. how it works for you or doesn't work for you. Right. I think it's important, too, when you find a resource that that is the attitude that the person explaining your options to you mm-hmm. is. Like, yeah. this is not for everybody, mm-hmm. but this is the information. If mm-hmm. you have questions, I'm I'm neither nay or yay. yay. You yeah. just, you help me figure out where you want to be pushed and yeah. I will guide you that yeah, direction. Exactly. I think back to when the only time that my parents tried to find help for me in sexuality and learning how to adjust with me being gay, which they clearly knew at a young age. But I think around my 15, 16 years of age, they were like, okay, we need help. We don't know what to do. And they're super religious, super conservative. So they brought me to church. <laughs> and so I remember sitting with the the, the uh, counselor guy. He was a preacher. And one of the first things he says is, why don't you like football? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, she's like, hey, why don't you like more masculine things? We need to get you involved in more masculine things. I'm like, oh, that's that's going to oh, change me. Oh, so here's, <laughs> here's where we're headed. Right. And so that yeah. just reinforced my parents' ideas that what I was doing was wrong. You know, yeah. and so obviously where you get your resources, where you yeah. where you are being pushed, it matters. And trying to find that person who wants to be in the middle and not push you any which direction let you kind of guide what's best for you I think is really important so yeah 
Make sure you fact check your resources. Just fact check your resources. <laughs> and you know, at the end of the day, and this may sound, I'm not trying to sound preachy, because in my mind, there is there is a difference between religion and spirituality. For sure, for sure. Um, and there's, you know, <laughs> without going too far down that road, at the end of the day, I feel like if you are coming from a place of love, true, yes. true really, love. Yes. true, just I love this person and I may not understand it, I may not agree with it. I, it may absolutely mortify me and terrify me, but because I love you, I'm going to do everything I can yes. to give you what you need right. to navigate this, yes. whatever this is. Exactly. <laughs> navigate it, you yeah, know. For sure. I yeah. think that can be sort of relate on any type of person, whether it's your husband, your wife, your partner, your child, your yeah. friend. Yeah. Let people find their light. And, and guide them to loving their, themselves more yeah. and, and embracing who they are more. You know, that's, I think, what we all should do when we interact with people relationship-wise is just, am I helping you get to be the best version of yourself? Exactly right. You know? Otherwise, exactly. what am I doing here? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not benefiting you. And so as a friend, as a husband, as a, mm -hmm. a physician, as a, whoever you are when you're interacting with people, I think that's always something I remind myself and something to, to take away is, you know, am I adding to this person's life? Am I helping them? Am I helping them? Yeah, exactly. What they want. And yeah. that's what we do. You know, that's, you're doing that in your way. I'm doing it in my way. Exactly. It's like <laughs> I tell people, it's like I love my job. Yeah. You know, I get up every day and I do feel like, you know, because back when I first started, yes, obviously lots of stigma I, my store was busted I've been in front of the grand jury wow. <laughs> yeah I mean sex toys and and used to be uh there was a uh there was a sex toy ban um in Texas you know <laughs> of course there was Fe February 13th 2008 if I am not mistaken wow uh, it was when the law didn't get overturned but it was deemed unenforceable and up until that point in time by God if you sold something that looked like your genitalia and or its primary manufactured distributed or promoted purpose was for the stimulation of your genitalia it was obscene and illegal and to own six or more of said devices <laughs> constituted wholesale intent to promote <laughs> wow and that's the law I was my store was busted on. Busted while I was actually out in California touring one of the largest adult manufacturing <laughs> plants in the country. Oh so God. it's like no irony lost on me there. So yeah, the good news is, is we are making steps. We are things yeah. that law did finally get kind of deemed, you know, unenforceable. But unfortunately, it's like you said, uh, it's a pendulum and it swings to the right and it swings to the left. Um, and that's usually what it does. It usually swings pretty hard because yes. that's the reaction, right? Right, right. Uh, if it's been swinging hard to the right, then it's going to just swing just as hard back to the left to you know counteract that. But the good news is, at the end of the day, um, steps are. I think I, stuff is happening. I feel, still feel like for all the bad stuff that's out there, we still need to focus more on the good. But don't just roll over. <laughs> yep. Got to keep fighting. I remember when Trump got elected, I had friends going like, I'm leaving the country. I'm like, I'm standing and fighting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, you know, everyone out there, you know, including myself that's mm -hmm. listening, if you're finding your, the information that, you know, you're listening to on a podcast or the news is making you angry, Yeah. it's probably not good for you. Yeah, true that. And it's probably not not true mm -hmm. you know there, there's there's things out there that are meant to anger you because it's a very easy emotion to get someone to oh it's a flashpoint and it's yeah. very powerful so mm -hmm. if always remember if there's something you're listening to or watching and it's making you angry you probably should turn it off yeah if you want to learn more about it 
do your own research, but that person is not trying to educate you. They're trying to Rile you uh, yeah, agitate you. Yeah. And so I think when we take that away and we just listen to stories from other people, it's the best way that we can move forward. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I'm just yeah. really glad you came today. This has been Thank so you. much fun. I hope you come back. Oh, Absolutely. I'll do come do a tour of the store. Please do. And then we can talk about all the things that I'm going to try. <laughs> Love it. There to help you, whether it's me or it's anybody there. I mean, we are small but mighty. Yeah. Our staff is very well versed and we're there to help everybody with any, you know, nothing. Because I, I have people coming and going like, well, you know. You've probably heard this before. Or maybe like, well, here's one maybe you haven't heard before. And I'm like, you know what? I'd love to hear one I haven't heard before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yes, absolutely. Cause I'm looking to expand as well. So for sure. Challenge me. Yeah. yeah. Me too. That's yeah. that's always how I, I um try to live my life is you gotta be challenged to grow. Yeah, that's so. exactly right. I'm excited to come in though. I wanna see stuff, I wanna learn something new, and then maybe check out a workshop. Absolutely. I've given you the schedule. Yes. Um, and, you know, and come and see. Um, I know you're uh, a fan of drag, but come to the Burlesque Festival. I would love that. I would love that. I don't know if I'm going to be in town for this particular festival, but mm -hmm. I would love to get more information from you on how I can find other burlesque events. There are so many amazing groups. I, 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 you, you can't throw a stiletto without hitting a burlesque dancer in this town oh, now. Oh, good. Um, so there are so many amazing troops and um, performers out there performing on a regular basis, monthly right. residencies, monthly shows, just uh, enough. So yes, absolutely. I will tell you how and where and when to find those shows. Awesome. Yeah. And then we have more stuff to talk about for next time. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was wonderful. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.